And welcome back again on my horror head, sci-fi geeks, and fantasy freaks. This is another episode of the Holiday the 13th Podcast. I am your illustrious host, John Holiday, and we got another one for y'all today. We are talking about They Cloned Tyrone. This is one I've been anticipating, I've been waiting on, and it came out this month, July 2023, and it was directed by Jewel Taylor, and it stars John Boyega, Tayana yeah, Tyona Paris and Jamie Foxx. And the plot is this, uh, said, as is stated, a series of eerie, eerie events thrust an unlikely trio onto a trail of nefarious government conspiracy. So what did I think about this movie? What did I think about Clone Tyrone? I, I absolutely loved it, and y'all pretty much already knew I was going to say that. So we're going to get into the review portion. Well, we're going to get into the plot. I'm just going to tell y'all the story. I'm going to try to stay away from... Uh, spoilers there's gonna be a truncated version of the plot so i can just talk about the movie because this movie won't warrant uh, a bunch of discussion i wish i had somebody here to talk to about the movie not to talk to about it but i think this definitely the definition of a dialectic when you talk about a movie it's so much you can talk about and unpack and pull from this film so you're just gonna get my side of the story but i'm i'm assuming that's why you tuned in so the story and again this is a truncated version so i'm not going to give too much away but it's about <clears throat> Fontaine, who's played by John Boyega, he's a neighborhood hustler in this neighborhood. Called, they call it the Glen, which I did like. I do want to dig in and do research and figure out why it's called the Glen. I wonder what Glen represents. But anyway, you have Fontaine, played by Boyega. He's a hustler in his neighborhood, and one night, the night of a hustler, he's short on some of his money. He goes to collect. And he ends up getting shot and killed by a rival drug dealer. This happens within the first 15 minutes of the movie. Thus, he wakes up again as his clone self, but has not yet made appearance to him that he's a clone. But his friends, or not his friends, but um, some of his colleagues, associates, seen him get shot. So they're wondering why he's, why he's back. So then he meets up with Slick Charles, Jamie Foxx character. And then he asks him, and he tells him, you shouldn't be here. You got shot. Then he get, they get confirmation from our resident prostitute, Yo-Yo, that's played by Tiana Paris. He's like, yeah, you did get shot. So they go to the house to where he got shot. And then a bunch of conspiracy shit unfolds within that. So through all kind of chance and happenstance, they uncover that their community is being monitored. Um, they're somewhat being mind control. Well, yeah, they're being mind control. They're basically being experimented on. Doesn't really say by who, but you know we can we can pretty much guess who or uh, guess what the film is trying to trying to say in so many words. Um, and from there, they have to devise some kind of scheme, you know, to to overthrow, to storm the castle, if you will. So they, they go through all that, and through the film, I think it illustrates perfectly a lot of the questions and conversations that you have throughout the community with some of the things. It's like a conspiracy theorist wet dream, this film, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, and, and I like how it plays on a lot of tropes and things we see in the media, but it, it kind of turns it on its ear in this movie. Now, when people say movies from a black perspective, this is precisely what they mean. This this movie isn't telling you nothing different than other movies have said, but now you're letting a, a black filmmaker tell his black stories. This film isn't great because it's a black film. It's great because it's a great story. And since it's about a black community, 
I think it benefits from being told by black story makers. So anyway, they they go through all that. They devise they devise their plan. I'm not going to tell you too much. I'm not going to tell you who's behind it uh, until I get into things I like, which is going to be all the spoilers and shit. But just for brevity's sake, I just want to tell you the plot and what I like, and then I'm getting to all my spoilers. So if you want to know what I liked about, if you want to know if I like the film, like I already stated, yes. So. That's the plot. They uncover this conspiracy. They have to band together and figure it out. I do love the somewhat cyber noir feel feel of the film. And I don't mean cyber as in high tech, but it just kind of has that, uh, not cyber, I'm sorry, like cyberpunk. It, with the visuals, it kind of has that cyberpunk feel. I was getting cowboy bebop vibes with the visuals because obviously it, it, it's um, the anachronisms are wild in this film you really don't know what time and place it, it takes or what time it takes place in but they have cell phones and flip phone phones but they talk about bitcoin and shit so it's and they talk about obama being president so it's at least older than that but then they uh, all their tvs they have real old box tvs but some of the other equipment and shit looks kind of high tech. So I do like that about it. It's a bit absurdist in that approach. And that's why I say it gives me cowboy bebop vibes because everybody dresses in cowboy bebop like they're in some uh, 50s jazz movie, but they're in spaceships and shit, uh, you know. So you get that feel. And I think that was, I think the film was better for that. And and uh, and again with the plot the acting i do think the chemistry between the main three leads uh was phenomenal i think what jamie fox brought to the role because uh, initially i didn't like his character but as the film went on it was like oh, okay now i see why he's here um and i thought that was great i thought Tayana Paris, whom I know mostly from If Bill Street Can Talk, the James Baldwin, the adaptation of the James Baldwin book, that was my introduction to her. I know she's been in other shit. I know she's uh, Captain Marvel, going to be in the Marvels. I know all that. But for me personally, this this is how I know her. So when I seen her in this film, it, I was glad to see her um, take on a bit of a, I don't want to say, I don't say challenging, but it was good to see her play this role because it was the comedic elements of this role I really liked. So that's what I liked about the film. And now everything else to talk about is going to be pretty much spoilers. I'm pretty much going to just, this is more of a discussion, I have to say, more of my musings and thoughts. I'm just going to pretty much go over my notes from what I wrote and then just kind of explain them because I think this movie is kind of hard to review because it's less of an actual film to me than just more so a conversation piece. It's a film by definition, but this is more so of a statement. This is something I think the filmmaker, and these are just what I derive from it. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I think this is just the filmmaker wanted to pose a bunch of questions. And this is what I liked about it. This is a the definition of a dialectic. All the fucking, you can wax philosophic about this for years uh i'm not literal years but for days you can wax poetic about it you can get into all kind of shit just with this film alone and i like how it draws from other films from the past and other films uh, with the familiar subject matter i got major uh undercover brother vibes with this i got major dark town strutter vibes with this i got major clockwork orange vibes from this you know but it, with the tapestry of it all is why i like it it's like the need the black neon color i could just stare at this film and and, and i love it it's yeah the contours and tapestry of it all is really great but just let me go over my notes so i did hear in an 
uh, in an interview that the director, uh, Jewel Taylor, based the script off a conversation he had with one of his friends whom he felt wasn't living up to his full potential. But through this conversation, it was revealed that his friend was actually suffering from depression, which was a thought that the director co-writer of the film never fathomed he never thought his friend was going through depression or anything was wrong with his friend he just figured his friend had potential and wasn't utilizing it and was uh wasting his talents until he actually spoke to him one day and he said it was on new year's i only know it because i i watched the interview after i watched the movie because i had no idea who this director was so i wanted to just find out more about him because i think he made a, an amazing film so that kind of put things into perspective, too, and kind of <clears throat> I can kind of see the Fontaine character, <clears throat> who I think is played very well by John Boyega. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention that I'm, when I was talking about the cast. So John Boyega was one of the reasons, the main reason I was excited for this film. The first time I seen John Boyega was in Attack the Block. And when I first seen that movie, uh, I was like, man, this, this kid, well, he's like 15, 16 in the movie. But I'm like, man, this kid going to be 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 a star and i'm not saying that well i I remember when but just the way he was able if you see the movie attack the block he carries a lot of the movie on his shoulders and and again to be that young which is why i like uh, young talented actors and still be able to to do that the physicality of that role it's another sci-fi movie so to see him go from from that to this and it's still within the realm of the sci-fi genre oh i dig it like okay do you do your thing so So after hearing that about the director, it made the character of Fontaine, who's played by John Boyega, Boyega, make a little more sense. Now, these may be out of sequence, but I'm just gonna write. I'm just gonna go through my notes and explain why I wrote them down. Because as I watched this movie, I was just saying shit into my phone. But I like how uh, it talked about some of the products they sell within the hood and the community before they get popular. And I know that's something prices are sometimes cheaper. Um, when it's sold to the black market until it gets profitable and then it's all of a sudden some some kind of uh, niche thing and it gets all expensive and it's like man that okay we got these we got this thing with ramen noodles i noticed where it's like ramen noodles are a delicacy but i was struggle food going growing up it was struggle food but now people add so, uh, a little bit of garnish to it and it's like some gourmet shit and it's like y'all just discovered this but but I, but i think it's funny it's just one of them things now i do like how one of the main <clears throat> one of the main parables in the film how they go from the trap house to the church and this is where in the strip club these are where the headquarters are for some of the conspiracy theories now in every hood you got a trap house you got a church and you got some sort of strip club adjacent somewhere close and uh i like how the filmmaker pretty much use these as pillars uh not pillars to hold up but i should say staples not pillars i'm sorry but staples of this community you know what i mean and nothing else you're gonna find you some trap houses you're gonna find you a church the liquor stores everywhere. You're going to find all of that. Now, um, and again, these are the sequence. I'm just going through my notes. So there was a point in the film when they find the clones. And what I wrote down verbatim, the fact that Von, uh, Fontaine shot himself the moment he seen himself, he wanted to kill the people that looked like him. So it's a, plot in a, it's a point in the movie where they find all the clones. So Fontaine is looking at himself as a clone. And... It doesn't show it, but you just hear the gunshots. The first thing he does is shoot this person that looks like him, that is him. I think the filmmaker was definitely trying to say something with that. Then the character says, man, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill all of them. 
just by the virtue of them looking like him, by the virtue of them being him, that I think that was a, a powerful message that the filmmaker was that I, I can't even say try to convey that he conveyed uh, very well. This comes mid towards end of the movie, but I already gave you the plot. I'm just giving you my notes, so it's, it is going to be out of order. So if you've seen the movie, you know that came towards the end. Um, what was another thing? Okay, and I like there was a point in the movie where Fontaine is under my control. And the first thing he's used, and I wrote this down, a black man was used to control the black woman. The moment she stood up for him, he attacked her. So I thought the filmmaker was trying to say something there because there's a point where they confront one of the main um, antagonists in the film, and he uses mind control to control Fontaine and every other black man in this community. And the first thing he tells Fontaine is to attack Yo-Yo. After Yo-Yo, the woman stood up for Fontaine. So I think that was telling right there because a lot of times in the community, uh, the black woman will take the brunt of a lot of things for trying to defend black men. So I believe the filmmaker was trying to say something with that. Uh, I do like how there's this old wino outside the liquor store and he speaks in fables and I don't say broken English, but be pretty much uh, speaks in rhymes and riddles. So he just they just write him off as some crazy dude. But then once they start listening to him, he's making sense. And then they realize, you know, they, they listen to your elders. And I think it's it's a bit telling that Fontaine, every time he goes to the store, he gets his, his beers, liquor, whatever, he pours a little in the cup of the old man as like an offering, you know what I mean? Then, then the old man tells him something. Fontaine just ignores it because he's like he's speaking nonsense. But I, to me personally, that's like paying homage you give a, not a sacrifice, you give offering to an ancestor, they give you knowledge, you know what I mean? So I, I think the filmmaker was, 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 he was saying something with that too. I did like that. It's all about ancestry and older generations and, and stories being the connective tissue and fables being the connective tissue of humani humanity itself and communities themselves. We only know about ourselves because of st stories we share throughout our own collective, through our collective history and our individual histories. So I do like that. And I do, of course, every quote-unquote black film like this has, has some subplot with some chicken. And I do like how they was wilding out at the chicken place because that, that was so fucking invoked images of that Popeye chicken sandwich that I still ain't forgot about, how you motherfuckers acted over that chicken sandwich. And I ain't talking about black people. I'm talking about Americans. You motherfuckers wild the fuck out over that chicken sandwich. And I remember this shit has to be a social experiment. I remember saying that on the other podcast I'm on, Black, black Audacity, with my co-host Sam Banks, a nice little vertical integration shout out right there. But I remember saying, this shit has to be a social experiment. These motherfuckers is wilding out over chicken sandwiches. This can't be real life. But of course, the chicken sandwich is just a conduit for pent up aggression. So I get all that. But to me, I liked how the movie touched on that. What was another point? Okay, there's a point in the in the film where Fontaine, every time he goes to his mother's door, uh, she doesn't open it. She tells him, oh, I'm watching my stories or I already ate or I'm doing this. And he never sees her. And then it's a part where he finally breaks down the door and sees he's been talking to this box this whole time. Now, that part resonated with me. I don't know if you grew if anybody grew up in a single parent household. You know your parent is either working all the time or sleep. So sometimes for weeks you communicate through your parent through a door. You know what I mean? Because when you get up for school 
either they're already off to work or they're asleep because they just got in from work or, yeah, they sleep because they got to get up for work. And once you're old enough to get ready for school, you know, you get home. But when you get home, your parents are already at work. By the time they get home, you're, you're asleep. So you communicate through uh, notes on the back of envelopes uh, stuck on the refrigerator just before cell phones and texts. Or you communicate through through a door. So I thought that was pretty that part resonated with me and the subsequent uh his subsequent breaking down not so much but 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 I do like what the filmmaker was trying to say you know an absentee parent can lead you through through some shit and an absentee parent and and a single parent cuz I don't I don't want to say if you're a single parent you're absentee you just you have to you have to do so much so it's kind of like one of them things where it's damned if you do damned if you don't you know what I mean so that part resonated with me. What are some of my other notes? I do like how Fontaine has, I forget the kid's name, but it's this kid. He talks through through the movie that he says he reminds him of his little brother. Now, I didn't have no confirmation on this, but I think this little kid is supposed to be a miniature clone of Fontaine because they say, you remind me of somebody, and he says, you remind me of somebody else. So I don't know if this is his a clone of his brother. Um... And to, to, to make that make sense, it's one of the um, overarching narratives in the story is Fontaine had a younger brother that was killed by police officers. So this is kind of his driving force. This is why he don't really give a fuck and why he's nihilistic and why he doesn't see the point in anything. You know what I mean? His brother, innocent person, died. So what the fuck? Life has no meaning. So I do like how he kind of takes stewardship over this uh, young brother and to me what I wrote down is something I always say each one teach one so I do like how it shows that with the generation teaching the younger generation how you should and shouldn't be uh what else did I write down as a note as uh so and and back back to the plight of the black woman played by yo-yo once she figured out what was up she sacrificed herself not literally a physic uh uh not literally through the film but to where once she seen what the problem was she's like we gotta do something about it other people weren't so eager but she literally sacrificed herself to to get the message out you know what i mean and i know we just had a sister go missing but find out she wasn't really missing she was chilling i know we just had that happen as the recording of this so but that doesn't take away from the fact that uh, women of color go up missing all all the time, uh, um, never get found, and nothing of that nature. So this movie doesn't play on it like it doesn't happen. But I do uh, I do like that. Uh, and towards the end, once the conspiracy is let out, I do like how they were able to bring everybody together. I wrote down in my notes the hood came together, which is something which is something beautiful that everybody wants to see. I was like uh, screaming at the movie. The hood came together. So I thought that part was cool. And another scene I liked that I thought was cool, they, they're shown that they use mind control through hair products. So they put this hair product in this black woman, black woman's hair without knowing she's wearing a wig. And then, so as soon as they leave, she takes her wig off and uh, she's fine. Now I think that comes from, for one, I think that was a somewhat of a, a parable on the protective styles because 
black women get accused of, you know, their hair all the time. Well, you want it to be straight. You want to do this, do that, wear the braids. But a lot of that is protective styles to protect your hair from the heat and shit. This is why women wear their hair like that, mainly in the summer. You wear a wig. There's protective wigs to protect your hair from getting damaged. So this wig protected her from being mind-controlled. And people are none the wiser because nobody takes the time to figure out the, the, the true uh, nuances of black hair so they don't even notice she's wearing a wig which anybody else that knew anything would be yeah that's obviously a wig so she takes her wig off um and she's perfectly fine she has her hair braided in that protective cornrow style and she's off to do her do her business so i did like that it was it was satirical but it made sense like don't 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 criticize these women for wearing wigs and lace fronts and all that this shit is it's for a reason you know what i mean is not just to assimilate and look, quote unquote, to the beauty standards of European beauty. That's not what it's always about. So, so I do like how the movie played on that. Uh, this is gonna be a fucked up review because I'm really just telling y'all the shit I noticed in this movie. Uh, okay, where else did I go from there? I wrote down Kevin Bacon references. I just thought that was funny. I don't know why they kept talking about Kevin Bacon, but I love Kevin Bacon, so I thought that was funny. Uh, another scene I thought was funny, um, or something that Jamie Foxx said I just thought was funny. So they find out that they're using this chemical, it looks like cocaine, to control people. So when Jamie Foxx tests it out, he says, there ain't no snow, but I can ski in it. I just thought that was funny. So within, uh, like I said, man, this movie is a conspiracy theories wet dream. Now, to, to get to the full conspiracy, it's shown that Fontaine himself was is the one making the clones. I wanted to save this to the end, uh, just in case anybody just wanted to know if I liked the movie. I wanted to save this part in the end because I wanted to give most attention to this part. So it's shown that Fontaine himself is is a is an old uh, scientist, uh, biologist. So he's been the one cloning himself, but he's older at this point. So then he has this conversation with himself, and he says he he's doing this to help the community because he believes. The story about his brother is true, but he believes that assimilation is better than annihilation. So he didn't grown old and jaded. And he said himself, I made the deal with the devil to save my people. And so the clone of Fontaine shoots him, him himself and kills him. He kills his older self. So I think that says volumes about uh, the parts of ourselves we have to confront and thus destroy or learn to live with to grow as a person. Fontaine, in in the realm of this film, confronted him his shadow self. Not shadow as in the evil part of himself, but the unexplored part of himself, the unknown part of himself. I told you you can get philosophical with this. So I do like how his his self that had all that pain grew up to be so desensitized and nihilistic about life, but... Once he was born anew, cloned, he's seen what he has become. So he had to lay that part to rest in order for the other younger Fontaines or the other for the youth, youth to strive. So I, I thought, I thought that, I thought that part was dope. I thought that little scene, and it's not a little scene, but just the, the little moments, them few, them few, few frames of cinema. I was like, damn. Because that's what you got to do internally, you know. So I, I think the filmmaker was definitely trying to say something with that. And, you know, you, you manifest your frustrations a lot. That, that This film was a manifest, manifestation of frustrations. They actually say that in the, in the film. Like, uh, they mention that, you know, you know, 
Don't be mad at me. This is a manifestation of your frustration. And we do take a lot of shit out on each other just by doing that. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I do like all that. And another thing I thought was cool about the film, towards the end when they're doing a news segment, you have all the characters or you have all the people in the hood talking, but they're speaking they're speaking how they speak, and it's shown to be unintelligible, but we know what they're saying, you know what I mean? And this is one of those things I argue, being a black person, being an African-American, it's always something about the way we speak that just gives so much pause, you know what I mean? To where you always have to explain, and I think people do it on purpose to be intellectually dishonest, to where you can't decipher or understand what someone's saying. When you know what they're saying, but since you don't deem it proper English, you, you oh, what does that mean? Oh, what does that mean? But if you don't get it, it's not for you to understand. Just because it's not taught in class, that does not mean the way black people speak amongst each other is any less proper than any other culture that speaks amongst each other. It's just, it's just the way we speak that doesn't really have to be explained or uh, understood by people. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't dare go to China and be, why well, I don't understand you guys. You wouldn't dare go to any other place. But some reason in America, it, that's just deemed appropriate to correct people for speaking the language that they, that, that they have come accustomed to speaking amongst themselves. You know what I mean? So I thought that was cool how, because sometimes I can hear something and I know what they're saying, but somebody else will hear it and not know what the fuck they're saying. It's power in that, man. It's power in language. It's power in the tongue. And sometimes you don't really have to correct or make it understood to people. The only thing you should correct is your name. If somebody gets your name right, I mean, if somebody gets your name wrong, correct them on that. But other than that, uh, let them be confused. So I did like that. Uh, and another thing I, I said one more thing I thought was cool. I want to go investigate, invest, investigate while I'm talking about speaking. <laughs> but I want to go investigate the Alabama leprechaun situation because now I think there's more to that after watching this movie. Uh, nah, that was a joke. But seriously, though, um, I know this was all everywhere. I had so much shit I wrote down. But if I would have tried to read all that. This shit would have sounded stilted and mechanical. So what I wanted to do was just give you the plot. And really, I just really went over my notes. Normally, I would try to write something coherent and cogent that I can just read and that it makes sense to y'all. But this movie was so everywhere. I couldn't I couldn't even put it into words to where I can write something about it. So I just basically went over my notes. But I do like this movie, man. It, it evokes so much of the black exploitation era in a good way. The films like this are going to be viewed in 40 years. This is modern age black exploitation. Oh, like in 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 the best way. In the best way. This is a modern age black exploitation. If you know anything about me, that's my shit. So I highly do recommend the clone Tyrone. Uh, I, I I'll probably revisit this once I have somebody I can go back and forth with who've seen the movie. But I just had to get something out and just had to talk to y'all about it. So thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts, you know, send it to the Instagram, Holiday the Thirteenth. Uh, get at your boy. Um, yeah, that's been it. Thank you, man. Y'all be good. Speak truth and make beautiful decisions. I mean that more than ever after watching this movie, man. I'm up out of here. The Clone Tyrone. Go see it. They clone Tyrone. I'm sorry. Go see it. Peace out.